0: Father, we do thank you that we have your word. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who does speak to us. But Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to listen this morning. We pray that as Jesus speaks in the pages of this word, that we may take what he says to his disciples long ago and apply them to our own hearts. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit may stir us to be people who serve faithfully in your kingdom, giving you the honour and glory that you deserve at all times. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, have you ever worked very hard and then someone has enjoyed the benefits of your hard labour? How does that make you feel when you work very hard and somebody else gets all the benefits? I still remember when I was... uh, uh, in my previous profession, uh, working as a podiatry lecturer, I was teaching. I was a podiatrist, and I was doing some lecturing at the uni. And I, I remember getting asked to write some online tutorials. And I was commissioned at a casual rate to write these tutorials. And I put a lot of time and effort into these, uh, getting different. It was um, to do with radiology, so I was getting different images and asking questions, and then uh, giving the answers to what was shown on the images. And I remember thinking as I'm doing it, I'm thinking. You know, I'm getting paid this year to do this, and then I'm sure that someone is going to recycle these for years to come and get paid for this online tutorial, which they may modify somewhat, but I'm sure they're going to use the basis of what I've written here at this time. And I was a little upset about this. You know, I'm getting paid, which is okay, and I've agreed to do the work, but then you've got this feeling that somebody else is going to use it again and again. And, I mean, I'm always saying there's no point reinventing the wheel, but I really wouldn't like someone to use my wheel. Uh, I'd like them to, uh, to, to seal somebody else's wheel if they're going to not reinvent the wheel. There's this dissatisfaction that you have if you know that somebody's going to benefit from something that you have worked hard on. And, of course, we might be the ones at times who benefit from others. I've, um, I have done that. I even did some other lectures in radiology, and I took... From a previous lecturer's materials and worked them, massaged them a bit, but I took them as the basis, and, and, and that was okay. But when someone uses my work and benefits, it doesn't feel right. I have something in my heart that comes up and makes me feel uncomfortable. And that is the subject of today's passage that we're looking at in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We've been working through this passage, and I encourage you to have it open before you. Uh, it's found on page 1053 of the Black Church Bibles, page 1053. And we've been working through this passage, and the last time that we looked at it together, which is actually a little while ago, we saw that Jesus was speaking to his disciples and encouraging them to be reapers in the harvest field. Encouraging them to be reapers in the harvest field. And we see that in verses 34 and following. Verse 34, we read, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the reaper draws his wages. Even now, He harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. And so, last time we saw that what Jesus is saying here is, look, this Village of Samaritans is ripe for harvest. These people are coming out to hear about the Messiah. They're coming to hear about the Christ. I've spoken to one of them, and now they're coming. And you're interested in talking about physical food, whereas we should be interested in spiritual food. And what should our spiritual food be? It should be the advancement of God's kingdom, the will of God, sharing the good news with those around us. We should open our eyes and look at the harvest field. And harvest people for the kingdom, which means bringing people to Jesus, that they're actually becoming Christians. And so we spoke about the benefits of being harvesters in God's kingdom. Now Jesus has a comment for the reapers about sowers. He's previously spoken to them and said that they need to open their eyes. And now he has another comment for them, and that is about sowers. And so my first main point this morning is reapers remember the sowers. Reapers remember the sowers. If you want to follow my main points, they're listed there in the church bulletin. And the first is reapers remember the sowers. And we see that in verse 37. He says, thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Verse 37, he introduces the sowers. He says, thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. We have to recognize that there's no reaping without sowers, without people doing sowing first. And sometimes the sower and the reaper can be the same person. You think about farms around Australia. How often is it that the farmer goes out and he sows the seed? And then months pass, and then he is the one that reaps the crop that comes from that seed. But sometimes the reaper is not the sower. And this is mentioned a number of times in the Bible. And at times it can be seen to be a sign of judgment if you sow and then somebody else reaps You look at uh, Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14. It says, But if you will not listen to me and carry out all these commands, and if you reject my decrees and abhor my laws and fail to carry out all my commands and so violate my covenant, God is saying, if you're going to break my commands, then I will do this to you. I will bring upon you sudden terror, wasting diseases and fever that will destroy your sight and drain away your life. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. It's a sign of judgment. If you sow and then somebody else reaps and God threatens his people, if you break my commands, I will bring this judgment upon you that you will plant and then somebody else will harvest. Your enemies will eat the produce of your hard work. But it can also be a sign of blessing uh, to reap what you have not sown for. And so we see in the book of the law again, so Leviticus talks about if you break my commands, then you won't reap what you sow. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, another part of God's law, Moses says, "'When the Lord your God brings you into the land "'he swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob "'to give you, a land with large, flourishing cities "'you did not build, "'houses filled with all kinds of good things "'you did not provide.'" Wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So, there it seemed to be a blessing that God gives His people sometimes the benefits of other people's hard work. And an example of that was when they went into the promised land. They got these great cities that they didn't build, they got all these vineyards that they didn't plant. And they were able to eat the produce of them. So Jesus here is saying, look, be aware that at times, reapers reap what they have not sown. And you need to be conscious of that if you are a reaper in God's kingdom. You need to recognize that others have done the hard work. Others have gone before you. And that's what he says in verse 37 and 38. Thus the saying One sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. He's saying, disciples, remember that when you're reaping, when you're experiencing the benefit of seeing people come to God and you think it's all wonderful, aren't I good in bringing these people to God? Remember that somebody else has sown before you. And particularly these disciples themselves, as they come to harvest the field of Samaria, as they come to bring Samaritans to God, who has gone before them? Well, a few people have. John the Baptist is commonly suggested as one who has gone before them. We know that John the Baptist was the one who prepared the way for the Lord. In John chapter 1, verse 23, the same book that we're looking at this morning, it says that John says, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, make straight the way for the Lord. John the Baptist has gone before Jesus and before his disciples, making straight his way. And John has actually, John the Baptist, has been in this very area baptizing people. And so, if you just look back to uh, page 1052, just the first uh, page, one page back, if you've got the Church Bible open, it's the same uh, place. John chapter 3, verse 23. John chapter 3, but I'll read from verse 22. John chapter 3, verse 22. It says, "After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized." So he's in the Judean area. Now John, it says in verse 23, also was baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were constantly coming to be baptized. Now where is Anon near Salim? We can't narrow it down absolutely, but it is in the the Samaritan area. It's in the area of Samaria. So John the Baptist was up in that area baptizing people. He was working in that harvest field prior to Jesus and the disciples being there in the very next chapter. So who has gone before the disciples? Well, of course, you've got John. Very likely, John the Baptist has been there with his disciples, baptising people in that area. We've got Jesus himself in this chapter 4 is shown to be sowing seed prior to the disciples working in the harvest field. He's been sowing seed with this Samaritan woman. And then the Samaritan woman is a sower in the field of Samaria as well. What has she done? Well, we see in verse 28, Then leaving her water jar, she's been speaking to Jesus, Then leaving the water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. The Samaritan woman herself is a sower of seed that has come prior to the disciples reaping with the Samaritans. And, of course, if you want to really look at who has gone before, even John the Baptist, we see that the Old Testament, you've got prophets working in that area for centuries, sharing the good news about the Messiah that would come and save God's people, those who trust in God. So the disciples should consider... That God has used people before them, and we should do that too. Who has gone before you? If you're a reaper in the kingdom, if you are bringing people to Christ, who has gone before you? Well, you could say the prophets, of course, the Old Testament prophets. They have established much about the kingdom of God, and then the apostles and the early church, but then through church history. We've got more and more people sowing to bring us to this point today where we are able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. We've got the reformers who reclaimed the gospel, started to tell us again what the truth of the gospel is. And then, of course, you've got Bible translators. I mean, how, how many of you actually work from the Greek and Hebrew when you witness to somebody else? You reap someone for the kingdom. Do you, do you actually go back to the Greek and Hebrew? No, you probably take the benefit of somebody's hard work in making an English translation so that you can witness to that person. These people are sowers who have gone before you. What about other Christian brothers and sisters, pastors, teachers, Men at theological colleges who train the pastors that then teach you tomorrow. All these people have gone before you, working hard, blood, sweat, and tears, sowing, 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 and then you come along and somebody becomes a Christian. And what about God Himself as one who sows the seed? All these people have come through history. But we have to remember that without God, no one becomes a Christian. That God is the ultimate sower. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in, later on in John's Gospel, John 6, verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sends me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You can try to reap all you like, but if the Father doesn't draw that person then they don't come to Jesus Christ. And if Jesus doesn't want to raise them up at the last day, they won't be raised up at the last day. We have to remember that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are the sowers that go before everyone. We have to remember that others have done hard work long before we bring someone to Jesus Christ. Now, why should we bother? Why should we remember these sowers who have gone before us. Why does Jesus say this? Why does he tell his disciples, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Why would he do this? It doesn't say in the text, but I've got a few ideas. Firstly, it encourages humility. There is pride in all of us. I know in my own heart I'm a proud person. And when I accomplish something, I love to think how wonderful I am. Particularly if I can bring someone to Jesus Christ and they get eternal life and will live forever because of my work. How good am I? But what about all those people who worked hard before me and didn't see a result of their labours? If I start to reflect a little on who has gone before me, it encourages a bit of humility in my heart which is always a good thing a bit of humility that i'm not the first person in a long chain of events there's a, been a long chain of events before this person has become a christian i think it also pushes if we understand this it pushes reapers to encourage sowers i'm next going to my next main point will be about sowing and the difficulties of it but a reaper should remember to give some encouragement to those people who have gone before them or who are sowing currently. Give them some recognition that what the work they're doing is good and valuable. And it also, if you remember the sowers as a reaper, it encourages you to pray prayers of thanksgiving, to come before God and thank him for all those people that have come before you that have led up to this person becoming a Christian. So that is what reapers should do. They should remember the sowers. From this passage, it's quite clear. He reminds his disciples that you should keep the sowers in view when you go out into God's harvest field, and we should do the same today. But what is the impact of these comments from Christ to sowers? What's the lesson for sowers? Well, that brings me to my second main point this morning. Sowers expect to work hard. Sowers expect to work hard. We see that in the text. The work of sowing is described as hard work. Verse 38, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Sowing is hard work. Jesus says it. Now, why would it be such hard work under these circumstances that have been described here? Well, when you don't see immediate reward for your work, it's hard. If you are laboring at something and you don't see any benefit coming through, it's hard to keep going. And that is a lot of what it means to be a Christian and evangelizing those around you. Spending time in the word and prayer is hard work because often you don't see any immediate results from your labors. You pray prayers again and again for a particular person and they don't become a Christian. And there's a tendency to want to give up, to not continue. But if you do continue, it becomes harder and harder as you continue to labour at it. This is a real problem for pastors. They want to skip prayer and they want to skip Bible reading. They want to skip studying the Word because they don't see immediate results from their labours. It's hard each week going on, going on, and you don't see lots of benefits coming from all your labours. I was actually reading um, a book about pastoral ministry recently, and it said, take a day off, which all books generally say to do, um, take a, a Sabbath of some sort as a pastor, and on your day off, do some yard work. It was written by American. Do some work around the house because it's good as a pastor to see some immediate benefit from your labours at least once a week. Mow the lawn and then take satisfaction that you've done something this week and can see a benefit from it. And I think that was good advice to pastors. And I have actually been doing that somewhat anyway. But it was an encouragement to me. Make sure I do something on my day off, which may take a bit of work, but will bring me a sense of satisfaction immediately afterwards. Because most of kingdom work, it's hard work because you don't see immediate results. You do see results from time to time. And somebody see, some people see lots of results if they're, they're really involved in reaping and they don't do much sowing. But a lot of the time you, it's hard work because you don't see those immediate results. Why else is it hard work to be a sower? Because sometimes, or even often, others reap the benefits of your labour. And this comes back to the idea that I was speaking about at the beginning when I was writing lectures, uh, online tutorials for people. You write these things and then you see other people benefit later on down the track. And that's hard, to do the work having that in mind that somebody else is going to benefit. And that's part of evangelism. You work hard, you sow the seed, you witness to this person, you answer all their objections, you pray for them, you spend time with them, build a relationship with them, do it for years, and then they go and meet somebody else who says, Have you ever believed in Jesus Christ? And they say, No. And they say, I really should. And they become a Christian. And it's like, I did all that work, and then that person becomes a Christian when somebody else opens their mouth. Or it may even be someone that you, um, some, they just hear some sort of line on television, read something in a newspaper, become a Christian. And you feel like you've been gypped. That means that sowing is hard work when that happens. And if it happens again and again and again, all these different people that you're witnessing to, they become Christians And you're not the person that's there at the moment when they become a Christian. And so if you're sowing in God's kingdom, if you're a sower, don't be surprised that it's hard. It's part of the job description. That's what Jesus is saying here. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So my second main point was, sowers expect to work hard. But is there any encouragement for the sower then? Any encouragement for them? Well, that brings me to my third main point. Sowers and reapers rejoice. Sowers and reapers rejoice. And we see that is said to us in verse 36, that this idea comes from verse 36. Jesus says, Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. The sower and the reaper may be glad together. There is reason for the sower and the reaper to rejoice it's easy to understand why the reaper should rejoice and we looked at that last time we looked at the benefits that he receives as someone who draws his wages even now drawing his wages it says there in verse 36 and he's harvesting a crop for eternal life there's eternal ramifications of what he's doing so there's lots of room for encouragement for him but what about for the sower Jesus says they should be glad why should he be glad when he's doing all this hard work Isn't he justified in grumbling as he does that hard work? Well, no, there is joy for the sower as well. The scriptures here talk about the reward that comes to the reaper. But there's also a reward spoken of in the scriptures that come to sowers. Look with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, page 1,129. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, page 1,129 of the Black Church Bibles. This passage tells us that both sower and reaper will be rewarded eternally. One Corinthians chapter three verse six. Verse six. One Corinthians three, verse six it says, I planted the seed, this is Paul speaking. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. This passage reminds us that God has a big kingdom, lots of workers in his field. Some people plant, some people water. God makes it grow. Those who plant, those who water, will be rewarded. The reaper will be rewarded as well as he brings people to his kingdom. And so there is a reason to rejoice as a sower. Others may not see all your prayers, all your time spent witnessing to someone, building a relationship with them, but God does, and he will reward you according to your labor. If you build as one who builds with gold and silver and costly stones then that will endure to eternal life there's also a warning in this passage about being someone who is a christian you're saved but you end up being saved as one escaping through flames because you have not been building rightly but if you work hard this passage reminds us that you will be rewarded and so we should rejoice in the fact that we are looking forward to an eternal reward even if we don't see much reward in this world much immediate benefit from our labor. Is there any other reason that a sower should rejoice? Well, yes, a sower should rejoice when they see the reaper benefit. So that's the thing. We, I spoke about pride for the reaper, but the sower can have pride too, struggles with pride. It is pride that keeps you from having joy in someone else benefiting from your sowing. It's that story of the little red hen that I shared in the children's talk. No? Does it give her satisfaction at the end, after she worked all that, did all that labour, and then eats the bread herself? Does she get real joy at saying to everyone else, you don't get to eat it, I get to eat every crumb? Or would she have had more joy by sharing with them and saying, look, next time, help me out. And we can all benefit. We would have even had more bread if you'd helped out. Pride keeps us from having joy in somebody else, benefiting from our labour. And selfishness is part of that as well. That It keeps us from wanting others to enjoy our work. If God has blessed you, and it's amazing this passage, it speaks again and again of the grace of God, the 1 Corinthians 3 passage. that God is at the bottom of it all. The only reason you do any work in God's kingdom, sowing or reaping, is because God has given you grace. Look at verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 3. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. It's all by God's grace. And God has been so gracious to you, and then you're wanting to keep every benefit that can come from your work? That's a selfishness. A desire for others to not benefit because you want to keep everything for yourself. And when we think about it, it's far better that somebody benefits from our labours then nobody does. Imagine if you sow for years and years and years and then nobody becomes a Christian. Far better that you sow for years and years and years and years and then somebody else is used to bring that person to Christ. Rather than you saying, I'd rather no one became a Christian if it's not through, directly through me. That they don't become a Christian unless it's all my sowing and then my reaping. So we can rejoice because we'll be rewarded eternally. We can rejoice at the benefits that the reaper receives. And I think, sowers, we can rejoice because we should remember the sowers who've come before us. Because every sower is really reaping at the same time benefits that have come from those prior to them. We don't sow on our own. We sow in a long line of sowers prior to us. The prophets, the apostles, the early church fathers, the reformers, the pastors, the other Christians who have come before you, immediately before you, here in Australia. We've all benefited from them. The only reason we can sow today is because they have sown prior to us. And we should rejoice in those people. We should be thanking God for those people that have come before us. And we should be rejoicing in the fact that God has sown in our hearts as well. He is the one that starts it all off, that Christ himself has been laid as a foundation by which we then sow upon. That's what this passage in 1 Corinthians 3 teaches us. Verse 11, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you're out and about sowing, recognize that if it's not on Jesus Christ, then you're building on a different foundation altogether and it is going to be destroyed, whatever you build. So what does that then mean? You should be thankful for Christ and the sowing work that he has done. And that should give you joy. Even as the work is hard in ministering to others, there is a joy because you know that you're doing it upon the work of others, including Christ himself. So, if you're a reaper, you should remember the sowers. If you're a sower, expect to work hard. And reapers and sowers, rejoice together, be glad together. There is much reason for joy, even in the hard labour. But what about if you're not sowing or reaping and you're here this morning? You don't see yourself as a sower in God's kingdom, you don't see yourself as a reaper in God's kingdom. What about you? Well, that brings me to my fourth main point this morning. If you're not reaping, start sowing. If you're not reaping, start sowing. And the first people that I need to address here this morning is those among us who may not be believers, who may not be Christians. You may be here this morning and you don't call yourself a Christian. Well, if that is the case, then you need to start sowing in your own heart. You need to start understanding who Jesus Christ is and coming to him even this morning. You must understand what the gospel is. What is the good news about Jesus Christ? It is that God himself came into this world and died in our place so that we could be forgiven of our sins. No point sowing the gospel with others if you don't know it for your own self. And so if you're not a sower or a reaper, and that is because you're not a Christian, I encourage you, accept Christ today. It's the best thing you can possibly do in your entire life because it will give you another life in the next world. If you lose your life today by humbly bowing before God and accepting his free offer of Jesus Christ, you will actually find your life, both now and in the next world. So if you're not a sower or a reaper and that's because you're not a Christian, I encourage you, sow now in your own heart, Think about Christ. Understand who he is and what he has done and come to him. But if you are a Christian and you're not sowing or reaping, realise that there's no real middle ground. And that may indicate that you're not a Christian. You think you are, but you're not. If you're not sowing or reaping, there's no other place in John 4 for you. He talks about reapers. He talks about sowers. Does he talk about other people who sit around doing nothing? No, he talks about reapers, he talks about sowers. And if you're not getting the benefit as a Christian of reaping others, which is a wonderful thing, to bring someone to Jesus Christ is a wonderful joy. If that's not you, God hasn't blessed you with that opportunity at this current time to bring people to Christ, then what should you be doing? You should be doing the other job. What's that? That's the sowing job, the hard job, the one that requires blood, sweat and tears. Sometimes literally in church history, and even now as we speak, there are people giving blood, sweat, and tears. Blood because they are sowing seed for the kingdom. If you're not reaping, start sowing. You won't see much benefit from your labor necessarily. And I know this is an idea that's horrible in our culture. We like immediate benefits. We are interested in seeing, when I do this, I want something else. And we like it to come quickly. Everything, fast food, fast deliveries, everything is about things coming quickly. If I can't see a benefit to me personally, then I'm not interested in doing it. Well, that's not what the Bible encourages you to do. You need to do work where you won't see any benefit at any point down the track. Except maybe in heaven. Well, you will in heaven. The Bible promises that. But you may not see any benefit here in this world. But that is what you are called to. We all need to invest in the kingdom work. Some of us by reaping, but others by sowing. Even if it won't allow us to see any results in the near future. So are you reaping? Well, rejoice. But remember to be thankful for the sowers. Say a prayer of thanksgiving for the sowers maybe even thank some of the sowers here today. After this, we go to morning tea, and how much of your conversation will be about frivolous matters? Wouldn't it be great if you can go to some of the people who have been here for years, protecting this church from error, who have sown year after year here so that we can reap the benefits of their labours even today, that you actually thank some of them for the sowing that they have done without seeing much reaping, Or maybe you're going to family gatherings today. It's Mother's Day. It's a good chance that you're going to see other people for an extended period this afternoon. Why don't you try and turn the conversation to remembering those people who have gone before you and laboured hard in the fields of Christ and saying how thankful you are for those people who have preserved the gospel over the centuries, even over the last decade, last year, last few months, so that you can benefit even now. That's if you're a reaper. And we're all reapers, really. We're benefiting from other people's labours. But what about if you're a sower? Well, remember to rejoice. Rejoice about the reapers and the benefits they're receiving. Rejoice about the benefits that you're receiving glory. And rejoice about the sowers that have gone before you. Rejoice in them, because remember, at the end of the day, it's not about you, it's about God. He's at the bottom of it all. And rejoice that he has called you to work in his harvest field. Let's come before our God now, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have given us this wonderful message, and it has come from people sowing and reaping over the centuries to us today. Lord, we do thank you for the many sowers that have worked hard to get us to this point today. And we can't praise you enough for the ultimate sowers, for you yourself, for your son, and for the Holy Spirit. Without these sowers, we would all be lost. But Lord, we thank you that there is a foundation that is indeed steadfast and sure, that we can lay our anchor to Lord, we thank you that that foundation is Jesus Christ. And we pray that we may remember what he has done, remember those who have gone before us, and we pray that we may turn our hands afresh to labour in your harvest field, even hard labour, knowing that you see us and you are getting much glory from our work. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.